0: There's a war going on in many cities right now against duplexes. I mean, we're not talking about 10-story buildings here.
1: No, uh, mm-hmm. Laura Clark YMB Action, and Sam Moss awesome. Mission Housing, and special guest
0: Randy Shaw Tenderloin Housing Co. Welcome.
1: And also Beyond, Beyond Ron. Beyond Prawn, thank you. Yeah. So today is the I don't know. It's, I guess it's the second day that we have officially known that London Breed is our mayor. Yeah,
2: today was her first press conference, right? As uh, official press conference as mayor elect.
1: And she was very pro-housing. I didn't cry at all.
2: There were were, uh, were not tears of joy at all.
1: I was sobbing in the back. It was great. (laughs) Um, So, Randy, give us your take.
2: Well, I think
0: this was a referendum on housing, this election, because really the candidates did not have a lot of differences between them. The media pointed that out. And and I think what really, during the campaign, the fact that the uh, supervisors decided to have a vote, on whether or not to support SB 827, the Scott Wiener Transit Corridor housing bill. And it's interesting because Jane Kim, who's been very pro-housing as a supervisor, I mm-hmm. decided to use this issue to get West Side support, and she did a press conference denouncing the bill and saying if she's mayor, she would protect the West Side from apartments, basically. I know that say, protect. Yeah, yeah, when people say, well, they're saving the neighborhood character. They're saying we don't want tenants in the neighborhood. That's really what it means. Mm-hmm. But they say, they use words like we'll limit development. What they mean is they'll stop apartments because they won't limit single-family homes. And then <clears throat> Aaron Peskin jumped on it. So it became you know, a big thing. And it was very easy. Mark Leno, who originally said he might be 4827, the Scott Weiner didn't endorse him. But then he went, no, no, it's he had all the problems. He saw where the political wins were. And so he had two of the three leading candidates following the political, where they thought the political wins were, and thinking the safe political choice was to do what San Francisco's historic would be against mm-hmm. housing. Mm-hmm. London Breed went the other way and took, took and as I say, in an article I wrote for Beyond Cron, that she didn't run and she didn't hide. She stood up by principle uh, for housing. And it was like an eight to three vote at the board, Against the bill, and she was one of the three, and said, Hey, we got to try to make this work, we need more housing. And I think that was really one of the most courageous actions of her political career. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is how it turned out to be good politics. Because when you look at the vote totals, the West Side went huge for London Breed. Mm -hmm. So, all those people on the West Side, she told them she was going to build housing out there. If they didn't like it, they went to vote for her. And Leno, It very poorly on the West Side. So the candidate who was most identified with being well known. Preserve, preserve, preserve. Yeah, and also this this notion that the very disturbing notion that you hear around the whole country, which is that we really shouldn't build housing until we get our infrastructure down. You know, our transit really isn't in place. And until we get our we figure out the ride share and Uber and Lyft and Scooters, we really shouldn't build more housing, just add more complication to it. The movie lines are too long, restaurants are busy. And it's like, well, if we wait for that, we'll never have any housing. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah. I think it's it's a great idea, like, no, I'm not against housing, I just want the infrastructure to be in place. But
2: what that translates is to, you are against housing, because the infrastructure is never going right. to be in place. It's an easier way to be against it, but like, virtue signal, make yourself, convince yourself that you're not, it's not that I'm against housing, I just want this other stuff to happen. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I will tell you, I should mention that
0: when the way the election came in, where... You know, I did in my political predictions. I thought I thought the entire campaign Leno was going to win this this race, and I thought so on election night. And then suddenly at twelve forty two in the
2: at oh, twelve God. at twelve. I, 40 40, Nora, Nora and I, I, I can tell you that not everyone was have your confidence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at twelve forty two a.m.,
0: suddenly Leno's in the lead after trailing all night, and starting that Wednesday and Thursday. It was really interesting to see how Leno backers were defining the election of like, see, we told you people don't want all that development. And, mm-hmm. and then, of course, as of Friday, starting Thursday with Thursday night's count, last Thursday, a week ago, every count was for London and the UFD kind of disappeared, their voices were there. And so, clear. Sometimes elections, you have to have an election to really show and confirm where people really stand in the city. And we had this election, and it's
2: going to make it a lot easier to get housing built in San Francisco. Yeah, she, she won. I mean, the, the way that she won, we talked about it on an earlier podcast. Uh, every, you know, she she took nine of eleven districts, right? And I think, uh, I don't know, I I I love to like, I would like the indies to get, you know, credit. I think that you know, for the first time in electoral politics. We have a, a large, ever-growing group of you know, motivated, energetic uh, people who, because of the housing crisis, most of us don't have kids, so we don't have like, time to go and do shit <laughs> at 6 p.m. on a Wednesday. And yeah, it's like we're all over. You know, well, I'll tell you what's really significant about that, uh, really,
0: really stem about that, Sam, is that... You saw every day so many Yimbies volunteering on the Linda Breed mm-hmm. campaign and it was on Twitter, it was on Facebook, whatever. So it, it attracted more people to do it, became mm-hmm. a fun because campaigning has always just had a social component. People mm-hmm. do not volunteer for campaigns. There's always been a social component. And this created it. And it created it around a demographic group that
1: the people, people say has checked out. Yeah, which is just hasn't been
0: true. seen in a lot of Recent elections. I mean, if you look at most cities now, particularly San Francisco, who shows up at public hearings until the impis came along, it's
2: people over 50 years old. Yeah, it's like the people who were in the picture <laughs> with Jamie Kim on the west side. Well, this right. is
1: why exactly. I've always, I mean, the west side fits into this, right? People have been sort of in the bureaucracy when we started showing up at hearings and whatnot. I got a lot of bad advice to moderate our message, to try and figure out how to appease and appeal the people who were showing up to oppose housing. And I was like, no, we're not going to get... I mean, we might get a few of those people to not be quite as virulent, but what we really need to do is get new people into the arena. Yeah. You
0: know, I'll tell you, in, in the book I have coming out, The Fall Generation Priced Out, and I went through 12 different cities, and, and it's like the, the parallels, whether it be Austin, Minneapolis, Seattle, Portland, the, younger, the millennial generation prim, is primarily there saying, we need to build more housing. And the boomers are saying... We have to preserve neighborhood character, which is, i.e., don't build anything that isn't a single-family home in a single-family home district. Mm -hmm. So the generational divide is there, and I think what has happened is for decades, really, the younger generation hasn't been there. And so the only, the no no side is heard. Mm -hmm. And so politicians see that, and it's like, hey, well, I'm hearing from the people, and they're against it. Mm-hmm. And we saw a very, you know, we saw with, when, the, when the first version of Home SF in San Francisco, where the first version, another mm-hmm. tough mm-hmm. take, the affordable housing density bonus thing, for the we great were, uh, with a great name, the older crowd <laughs> had the field to themselves and showed up and terrified all the politicians and they caved. A year later, young people are there balancing it, and we win. And I think this election will show mayors and people running for mayor. There's a mayoral election in Austin with the entire issue. Is the same as is like, should we build more housing? Yeah, we have one. The, the, the incumbent mayor said we need to build more housing, build out transit corridors. We have the challenger saying we have to preserve Austin for Austiners. Oh, Does that God. sound familiar? Oh, Do we good. have that in this no, election? It's amazing how it's, it's
1: universal yeah. blank for blank right? right I mean it's really amazing I, I'm a Star Trek nerd and uh, we recently rewatched the episode where they say have a a militant <laughs> group that says Bajor for the Bajorans and I like leapt out of my seat being <laughs> like ah the nativists are at it again I mean, the other thing that I really <laughs> is that is really kind
2: of blowing me away like, And and I think it's proven out, like, um, there's been some times in the Balboa Reservoir where some Yumbis have come out, and instead of getting on the mic right away and saying, I'm a Yumbi, people have gotten up and said, you know, look, I'm your son, I'm your grandson, I want to live nearby you, I would like your grandchildren to live nearby you, like, where am I supposed to live? And, you know, it's funny how... When the you know older generations are like holding on with their death throes, you know, like to the thing where they can make it about, oh, those hippies are coming out here; they're just so horrible, and it's like doesn't even—they're able to like not even look at the pain that they you cause. Know, it's,
0: it's you know, I, I have like two chapters in my book about this because there's there's people like in Cambridge, what well, this this group that, that compared to rezoning to Pearl Harbor. <laughs> <laughs> Pearl Harbor—that is a exact. Called it cultural ethnic oh, ap- ap- cleansing or like, cultural yeah. genocide and nobody came to get it and, 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 and what's interesting is that the the position of not building is not sustainable and it's proved it's not sustainable they, they dig deeper into the position mm-hmm. yeah. and feel like the more risk there is of something actually would get built mm-hmm.
2: the, the worse the danger's gonna be yeah no it's, it's yeah. true I mean why uh, you know what I, I keep thinking about and I don't remember his name, but we went down to San Mateo a few months ago and mm-hmm. spoke to one of the councilmen or something. And it was at breakfast where it was like... Oh, hey, yeah. Laura, Corey and me and some other... And he's like, I can't get out my head how he looked at us. And this was around 827. And he said, you know, you have to understand. I and my colleagues have never had a time when more people were yelling at us for housing than not. This is a new thing for all of us. We're not used to it. And, like, he genuinely was trying to be like, okay, I'll get there. But I hadn't really thought about how people live in housing.
1: No, I mean, it's, like, ridiculous. yeah, Yeah, I mean, it was kind of incredible. London, her language around this. And how it really evolved and strengthened through the campaign, which is something that, you know, often happens. You have to get your talking points in line. And so this morning, you know, she's talking about housing as... People I grew up with, many of them aren't here anymore and mm-hmm. I want the kids who are here to be able to live in this city mm-hmm. and therefore we need homes for them. Well, that's and great. that kind of like broadening you know, opportunity I, is important.
0: Of all the issues that London has gotten engaged in since becoming a supervisor, I, I would say the one she was most passionate about and the most work on was the neighborhood press preference. Mm-hmm. right? Because right. she saw that as right. exactly as she just right. said. African Americans never get affordable housing in their neighborhoods, right, right, right? And and I think she she's very conscious of that it's a big issue in Oakland. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a terrible problem in Oakland. Mm-hmm. People say, "Black keep leaving Oakland. What are we gonna do about it?" Well, when you don't build if any if you have no inclusionary and you don't have affordable housing, then they're not gonna be able to afford it. Right. I mean, it's pretty logical that when you do nothing it actually doesn't solve the problem
1: well and there is this I do think that another part of the neighborhood preference solves this but the paperwork associated with getting into subsidized it's, affordable housing it's is monstrous yeah. it's, yes. it's an it, it's, inhuman yeah. thing to do I, I will paper.
2: say to the mayor's Office of Housing's credit Well, I wish it wouldn't have taken 10 years uh, there is a new system called Dahlia that is finally electronic you fill your information out once you're on every wait list but like you still I mean it's it's it's, it's, it's borderline I mean, yeah you have to have like professionals at each affordable housing development who are, who their job is just to like translate the bureaucracy well, a lot of
0: people aren't aware when they hear about this bureaucracy they think that it's the fault of the city or local bureaucracy and don't realize that what happened starting in part of the Reagan, Reagan administration in the 80s not only dramatically slashed affordable housing <laughs> They impose all these new paperwork requirements okay. on the grounds that, that we have to protect against fraud and we have to make sure our resources. It sounds good. Everyone says, that's great. We really want to have more kind of... So they created these bureaucratic procedures, which then was funded by money that couldn't go for affordable housing. And so to this day, HUD, in order to ensure because HUD has so many scandals... Yeah. They have a mass amount of paperwork mm-hmm. in, in all the programs, and it's really a problem. Yeah.
1: No, I think it's ironic in this like left-right debate. <laughs> it's like, actually, both people on the left and the right can create monstrously inhuman bureaucracies. <laughs> <laughs> and so in true. fact, the right is very good at creating horrible, a, <laughs> like you know, regressive bureaucracies. There's a
0: famous line that when Cisneros became Secretary of HUD under Bill Clinton, <laughs> In 1993, he walked in. He used to tell the story. He walked into the office and what? He saw all these stacks of paper. You know, we got to change that. Too many people. Because he was a mayor of San Antonio. He knew how much it was. By the time he was gone, we had double the size of his stacks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so back to San Francisco. Um, London won. That's really Thank awesome. Um, everyone out there, please take a deep breath. Uh, if you're anything like me, you're exhausted. But, you know, take a deep breath. And I mean, I. The should yeah we should take a little bit of, of patting on our back at least for existing in a way that well, wasn't. Well, I think I think you know
0: I'll <laughs> tell you what I think happens a lot in activism. I'm not going to mention any specifics, but I'll give you. But I mean, there was a ballot measure in this campaign where one group sort of funded it and other groups endorsed it, and and then I see after the election that all these groups taking credit for it where right? groups that had if they'd never even supported it would have passed anyway. Mm-hmm. I think in the case of the Indies in this election, this was an election where there. Were Contrary to popular mythology, there was the main thrust of two of the three. Hand, of the main uh, challenger, Mark Leno, his main campaign was not here's my program. I'm for this, she for that. It was she's has funded by Super PACs. Right. It was about right. it was about funding. Nothing was about So the so really, when you want to get to voters and say well, why should they vote for for Breed over Leno? The main policy difference was housing. So who was making that point? It was the YIMBYs. Mm-hmm. Nobody else but YIMBYs were making the point that if you support housing in an inclusive San Francisco, breeds your candidate. If you want to keep things the way they are in an exclusive San Francisco, us your candidate. So I think the credit is well deserved. The yeah. YIMBYs deserve the credit, and what? it's cool. It's cool because like it
2: also shows how like the tentacles that have spread across. It's like every district there. Yeah. And, and that's right why she
1: did like well it was really I mean two things it was really fun you know the degree to which Twitter matters or is representative <laughs> of anything um, but people kept throughout the campaign uh, people kept tagging it was like every day I would get three little pings of some random person saying, have you checked out the SF YIMBY endorsements, right? And they Or the YIMBY action endorsement. They linked our things and they tagged us on Twitter. And so we, I got to see that steady drip of the percolating of the information into... Which is critical. I mean, that one-to-one, person-to-person I'm sharing with my friends the endorsements is the most effective way to move votes. And then the other piece was... Mobilizing for our endorsed candidates and it is a thing that not every organization does it is a lot of people do their endorsements and then they're like cool we did the work check and I am real the ground game that we are mobilizing is critical Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. making our endorsement matter making people want it and making people then seek it out for the next election and move towards us policy wise and that was always
2: like right the knock when these are first being created and like you know Calvin Welch of the World kept saying like this what what do they call it's the AstroTurf you know yeah. oh yeah well, like, yes. no offense, but like we are literally growing grass motherfucker. <laughs> the irony of that is
0: that, that the choo-choo groups are completely but, I mean, where were they? Outside, right? outside of C C D C really, uh-huh. uh, which has a separate CTA they use for their stuff. There's been no there
2: there for twenty five years. Not just that, but like you know, I I mean, people I respect a lot that I consider mentors, as far as like you know, just affordable housing, running a nonprofit. Like it 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 It, happened. it still happens where they'll call and they'll say, what a what how I'm wasting my time, or you know, well you, you, you shouldn't be out there and you know commenting. Well, or difference. I is my is
0: like in my experience. Well, in '79,
2: just from that time until you know,
0: elections, the only time nonprofit housing. Organizations get really involved in elections if there's a ballot measure to fund them from uh-huh. a housing bond they okay. get involved, but not the elected officials yeah.
2: who end up making very critical decisions about mm-hmm. housing. And, you know, the only reason I get to do it is not, I mean, it's because of the gimmies. Like, I, I still have to keep measuring housing out of it, right? It's like super faux pas to do, to, to do that. And, I mean, I, I do understand...
1: Yeah, um, I don't mind that. I mean, I do think yeah. that it's... it's You know, like, frankly, right, it's my job, our organization is purely to change the policies. And so it makes a lot of sense for us to play politics because Mm -hmm. politics is how you advance your policy goals. Like, frankly, like, you've got tenants, you know, you've got an entire... uh, you know, a, a whole company, nonprofit that has human beings who rely on you and, like, you know, the affordable housing developers cannot be like, you know, are we going to be on the outs or the ends right. with whoever is going to be... And the, the degree housing, to which they do say, pay politics is dangerous. Mission oh. Housing is a really good example.
2: Uh, 15 years ago, when Mission Housing decided to play politics, we got crushed, right, right. and then, like, defunded and Randy's written about it a bunch and, right. you know... I always say, like that, me and Mission Housing now are a bed that Aaron Peskin and Chris Daly made, so like everyone, all everybody gets to sleep in it now, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, I think
0: that obviously during work time, nonprofit employees can't be in partisan elections, mm-hmm. but I, I do think that uh, I've always felt. That the nonprofit sector if you, want, you, know, if you look at the people often say the rise of nonprofit profit sectors is correlated to the rise of poverty the non-profit sector does divert mm-hmm. a lot of activist resources into people who just feel like hey I do this at the office and I don't need involved meanwhile the wrong people get elected and you don't know, get right. funded yeah. out because they're so busy like hey I'm, work, I'm working straight at the office I'm not going to spend my Saturday working, walking in a precinct because right. I, 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 I spent my day handing out food right. but you know if you don't do the other stuff
2: no, it's true. I mean, it's, it's uh, and then you end up having, you know, organizations like Todd Coe that are oh funneling God. hundreds of thousands of dollars into politicians. That is, that was so Todd Co.
0: This is the problem. It, that gives it such a bad name. And here's the problem. You had Mark Leno won this election, oh, one wow. of his top housing advisors would have been John Oboe. And like Todd uh, <laughs> here, you're, back, you're, you're laughing. Yeah, no, that that sure. is a fact. Yeah, no, that out, is a fact. And he also, on Facebook, called the election for Leno, mm-hmm. given showing his usual sagacity. He's been quiet. He's been quiet though. Oh, I think these guys are all quiet because yeah. they predicted wins. Mm-hmm. They were gonna run the city. They're gonna run they were gonna stop housing in its tracks. They were gonna show the Yimbees who who. We'll show you how not to build housing. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, just the idea that TOTCO, which we know has been neglecting their buildings, would take more than $100,000 away from affordable housing maintenance and put it into local elections. The fact that that is not a scandal in this city, that we all just drive by, like it's not a freaking insult to every person who lives in his buildings I don't the level I do see this like level of corruption sometimes in San Francisco when you have this like overgrown bureaucracy you have all of this distributed decision making you have people who are able to just sort of like it's not seen as a problem to when you get elected give favors to your political allies People don't even think that that's a form of corruption. They they treat that like that's like a normal way of doing business, and it's
0: very disturbing. Yeah, I would say you know you can get focused on you know all the wrongs of the nonprofit sector. I mean, the reality is there's not enough money, and if we had more money, we could do a lot more mm-hmm. good. Yeah, I think I think that you know there's a there's the alliance, The real critical fact here is that the alliance that exists between. People who are, see themselves as progressive housing activists and people who don't want any housing built. It's crazy. Uh, it, it, yeah, you never see this in Seattle. Mm. You would not. You don't see this in Portland. It's Austin, uh, and you don't really see it. You no, know, Austin, they don't see it either because Austin they don't get enough housing built. But uh, it's really a problem in cities uh, where you don't see it in Minneapolis either. Uh, where you have people who say, we don't want help, we, we were going to align with concerned homeowners. There's some issues often about groups who want more affordability and, than they right. maybe but, but the notion that people are going to say, no, we don't want to be, we want to be with those neighbors, we want it to be single family home only. That is a San Francisco and LA somewhat Really, is San Francisco and Berkeley yeah,
2: I mean, didn't the are t- worse than anywhere? Okay, so we, we do have a progressive majority now, though, on the board. A capital a P. P. A capital, capital P Let's talk about that. Yes, really, I've seen these articles, and <coughs> we really need to redefine, as I've said, progressive. Yeah. Like, yeah. No yeah. Regimes, I agree. I don't know. Any, 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 any
0: grouping of progressive that includes Norman Yee, who opposes <laughs> homeless services <laughs> and opposes senior housing, he's not progressive. He's a friend of Aaron Peskin's and Jane Kim's, so the definition of progressive is, are you a friend of Aaron Peskin and Jane Kim's? He's progressive, but he's not progressive by any objective standard of evaluating policies. And I think that I don't see how opposing, you know, housing everywhere is progressive by the standard. <laughs> right. so, so, really, this so-called six to five, what is it about? I mean, it became the relevance of these, these characterizations it's based on friendship networks. Mm -hmm. So there were six supervisors who wanted to put these ballot measures on in 2016 against Mayor Lee to reduce his power. All of them lost, but it was like D, there was four of them. Now, there was nothing progressive about any of them, but because people who call themselves progressive and who the media identifies as progressive, were for them, they became progressive. And I think what we have to do here in San Francisco is make it clear, if you're not for building more housing, you're not progressive. Call yourself something else, you can be whatever you want to call yourself, but you're not progressive, mm-hmm. and, and I think mm-hmm. that really needs to change because the, the, the litmus test for progressive used to be where you were in tenant rights. Now we have rent control strengthening by 11-0 votes, right. we have everyone voting for it, so that's not the dividing line anymore, it's where you are you on housing issues. And this, this notion that if you could say, I don't want any homeless services in my district, how can you get away with that? right? And why do the colleagues of Norman Yee, the progressive colleagues, quote, unquote, why do they support that? Yeah, but well, what, why, yeah, do yeah. They why do they say they have, the biggest hypocrisy of the so-called progressives of San Francisco is the belief that all homeless servants should only be in low-income neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Therefore, exclusion, segregation, and racial, racial segregation, they, because many people who are in shelters are non-white and these neighborhoods don't want them, why does that get away with that? How do they get away with that being called progressive? And
2: it's got to
1: yeah. change. Yeah, it's got to change.
2: Yeah. No, I think I like
1: preservationists. That's yeah. one that I've, uh-huh. you know. Well, that's us break more accurate. Yeah. And and that is what sort of links Yeah, that. I agree with you. Yeah. Yes,
2: it's more preservationist. So definitely. I mean, if you look at did Aaron Peskin District 3, Preservation District 7, yeah. you know, I think it makes me even more sad that Supervisor Tang, and, mm-hmm. and let me just say, like, I couldn't understand why Supervisor Tang would have had enough of the Peter Cohens of the world you know
1: calling her the well let's take a step ever. back
2: yeah well, Supervisor in the news in the news yesterday yes. quietly Supervisor Tang announced that she was not going to seek re-election um, in 2019 um, uh, she didn't file for re-election which triggered a five day extra past the deadline and someone that used to work for her I think you know, Same. I talked to her
0: yesterday. Yeah. I will say that it, it's not really a good situation where supervisors are replaced by AIDS. Right. right? right. And that's how Katie got there. That's and, David Compost. And, and, There's a long history and it's really not the best way to, to do it. I'm not saying that AIDS can't be uh, excellent, mm-hmm. but it, it kind of limits the, the field. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, and we you know her reasons I won't get into what her reasons are and she wasn't really explicit I have ideas what they were but I think really the who gets to replace her is pretty irrelevant mm-hmm. I mean <laughs> truthfully uh, what we have to do in the next in the next year with the mayor who's pro-housing is make sure that we move forward to speed up action of the planning department mm-hmm. to we we're all excited we're whole Tasks, but then we're not getting the projects that we need, so we right. have to deal with that. Right. So we need to take the laws we have and make sure they're implemented more effectively and get stuff actually built. Because right now, as you both know, maybe our listeners don't know, be, almost no projects are going forward. No, no we need high high level of inclusion rates. Yeah, right. yeah. So
2: so so we're not going to have any more housing unless we get moving on it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I think you know we have you know we have an opportunity right to, to act quick. And, and it makes a really positive, long-lasting change. I, I will say, you know, just Supervisor Tang, you know, we have District 6, and we have District 10, and we have District 2. I'm, I'm heartened by the way London took, you know, all of those districts in the sense of I do believe that we have now proven to have the ground game in each district. You know, if we can this, say,
0: let's say we get a point the next supervisor in every t- all eleven districts. Mm-hmm. We just would pick them. We'd pick eleven EMBs. But how would that affect a project when right. right. I mean, they apply to the planning department? It's going take six months to get assigned to a planner, mm-hmm. three years to get a hearing, mm-hmm. caught it would have no impact. So we gotta really keep our eye on the prize here.
1: Yeah. I mean I think on top of that. One thing that I'm looking forward to is saying, taking them at their word, that Len- Leno and Kim kept saying, "Well, I'm not anti-housing," and then we get then we get to say, "Well, there was no anti-housing candidate, right. and you guys say you don't want to be anti-housing, so therefore we're going to have to implement the policies that have broad political appeal." So, you know, putting, making them put their money yeah, where I their think, mouth is. I think
0: that where the supervisory is relevant, if we're going to elect... See, Aaron Peskin <laughs> developed a theory of governing. In 2001, Aaron Peskin, who was part of the newly new district-elected board, developed a theory of governorship, which has really kind of affected us to this day. And it happened in an in a is, issue around a, a donation that Susie Tompkins' bill was making of a, a spree park and she was getting a huge tax deduction from the city and a huge breaks and all kinds of stuff. And Matt Gonzalez, who'd just been elected from District 5 and was in like the Green Party, and hadn't he been a public defender, hadn't really been very political, <clears throat> he got elected, he called me, he said, What's going on here? I mean, Aaron wants us to give this sweetheart deal to this wealthy developed, wealthy owner. Why should I vote for this? And then Aaron's saying, Well, I should vote for it because you know. We don't want to be by her bothering us, so we do in our districts. So we want to let her do what she did in his district, and 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 and, and Matt said that's not how who I am. I don't I don't play that way. And I said, well, welcome to but but to right. this day, okay. to okay. this okay. day, no. Aaron has practiced that way. So Norman Lee doesn't want senior housing in his district. Okay, Norman, you don't have to have it, and that's how it's been, and that's. A, a Disaster, yeah, that's it. Gets down in Los, games in Los Angeles right now, today in Los Angeles, they still have that rule that any council member can veto a project in their district. They said they were going to stop it, they never repealed it. So then it does matter who the supervisor yeah, they, they make is. Little, so, yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess, but it does matter because if the supervisor the way the Peskin rule operates in the city is if the
2: supervisors don't want it, they don't have to have it. Yeah, no, that's I, I, easy. I... I'll, I'll okay. say, yeah, maybe I, I mean, I am. I, I, you're right. We have to keep our eye on the prize. I think maybe just coming from mission housing and knowing what it was like to have a supervisor that didn't support us, right? Compared to, and I will say, Supervisor Kim, she asked us to to, to go after this Grand Oriente, this, this this SRO. We just purchased it, and like it was the first time that I had had a supervisor like straight up call the mayor's office of housing for me and be like. I want this. This is happening. But so and that's how you know, it I should we shouldn't let them –
1: we shouldn't – this is crazy. There should be no phone call. That's yeah. how yeah. we have There right. should, you should have You're like, your like your okay, Westside, you don't want to have any blacks in your district. Right, right, right. We're saying that's yeah, okay. That's because Norman Yee says he doesn't
0: want any homeless mm-hmm. services. Mm-hmm.
2: You're right. I, no, I
1: think it's outrageous. I don't I, – nonprofit, for-profit. I don't mm-hmm. think that a developer should know who their supervisor is. Because it should be irrelevant. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: they well, should- in Seattle it is. There's no there's, there's no in the process. They don't have planning commission hearings in Seattle. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they don't have that. If you meet design review, it's approved.
2: Same, same in New York. New York.
0: And and yeah. you know other cities same way. you I mean you let political appointees decide whether a homeowner can add a room?
1: No, this is so. No one good. can believe that. At the, so there's a vast, there's a package of legislation, uh, hopefully being passed in the next couple weeks. Went out of committee, right? Went out of committee. It'll be at the board of supervisors and hopefully we've declared we're a pro-housing city and it'll easily pass. Um, that's a lot of process improvement, including a big streamlining for affordable housing that we had a big impact on. Um, hopefully knock on wood, that'll pass. Um, but a a homeowner got up there and sort of gave a little bit of a weepy story about how they wanted to like bring their grandmother in and add a bedroom and they couldn't you know make it work and they were thinking about leaving the city and Bless her heart, you know. Supervisor Catherine Stephanie came out and comforted the woman and said, "You know, I'm going to do something about this and try he to help that you." On facebook mm-hmm. oh, yeah, on Twitter, and it was lovely. And at the same time, I kind of like it made me so angry because I was like, "This woman was able to get up there and make a, an appeal that resonated with a supervisor and caused them to want to take action." Mm-hmm. Okay, not everybody who has a right to add a bedroom and might is going to be able to like That's come and that's a lot
2: of what you're saying is government by anecdotes right, yeah. Story. Yeah, that's a good point that was on Monday at like 1.30 yeah. in the afternoon and like, so the amount think- of the, to be able to even make that meeting is well I, I
0: think that's why I really believe we need someone in the planning department full time job is to just expedite things mm-hmm. because unless you have someone pushing it it doesn't get pushed there's so many ways to slow projects down right. set, just yeah. going, that other cities don't have you know in Los Angeles if you pay extra you can have an expedited. Uh, uh, EAR prepared We don't let that happen here. You know? Why not? People say, oh, there's big developers. Well, you want people to pay what they pay. Right. Everyone
2: a, you have to have a lot. Anyone who's developing anything in San Francisco mm-hmm. has money. The more I learn about the Department the, the, the of Building Inspection, now that I don't know how many times i told everyone that I have a badge and I'm a commissioner. <laughs> um, you know, I got a tour of DBI a couple weeks ago. And the thing that I noticed the most were the different silos and how little it looks like the silos are intermingling. You know, like the fire department is straight up off in the corner. Fire no one wants To, to talk them. to was that, that separate? Yes, yes, I know. But I'm saying like it's not separate. But they're to the at overall, They're at DBI. No, it's not, not separate. To the other. They're not under the authority. Either. No, right. at, but it's that's a really good point. But they are under the umbrella of you know building the housing, right? It's and and to no DBI has people who
0: was a process every level and they don't mm-hmm. have that plan there's nobody it, it, it wasn't exactly. the
2: planner is slow right. that's just life wasn't that was, wasn't <laughs> it expo- like, Wasn't someone in charge of moving the ball of planning part of Mayor Lee's original executive well, just, director yeah, here's the thing is that and I had many conversations with Mayor Lee about this
0: issue I think that even a mayor can't micromanage a right. department Mm-hmm. he did not have his own he did not have someone he hired on the inside mm-hmm. to make sure things move who he right. to talk to unless you have, you're just taking the existing staff right. right yeah and saying folks I issue a directive and, and I mm-hmm. want to meet with you John and everyone and, and here's how it is and, and it really doesn't work I've been involved but in. when we took we, we created DBI with a ballot measure we brought in the people to run it we changed everybody, all leadership, and that made a difference because we brought people in and was like, let's get this thing moving. We sped up the permit time astronomically. Mm-hmm. Planning could do the same thing, but it's never had the mindset. Mm-hmm. And it's you know, Willie Brown when he was when he was mayor, Willie would call up, head of planning, get this project moving, but that was just Willie, you know, you can't do that really. Well then you
1: only do it with mega projects. Right. I mean, right. you know, right. there's a guy uh, who was trying to add a bedroom for his brother-in-law coming back from jail. And is he gonna go to the planning department and say my brother-in-law, who's coming back from jail, is the reason why this project well, should be
2: expedited? You know, that's you
1: like not. Let me, yeah. let me ask you
0: this: Why is that? If you, if any any permit you take out any building permit, someone who has no connection, right. they could live nowhere near you. They could not know you. They can hold it up for three months at the board of appeals. And How that allowed? Should you have there to be do some requirement, at least, to live near them or something? Have some proximity? I don't
1: think so because I think that the live near them just makes it even more nippy-prone. Like at least you can say this person. Well, I don't well, know. Should the there be a limit
0: the amount of work? If the permit's under X dollars, you don't have to have if, a real right? life. And money or mean, anything. I if something is
1: zoning, bad. I think that if if we have decided as a society that it's zoning it's compliant, just the zoning. then you should just get it. We shouldn't yeah. have to have people doing public song and dance where they demonstrate that they are worthy of something that they are legally entitled to. Yeah, and it, right. it creates exactly this right. whole systemic thing where people with a certain kind of lifestyle are able to demonstrate that they are emotionally worthy of being Best bestowed by the debt. Well, to hire lawyers. It,
2: it, also, it also creates the situation where you have quote unquote tenant rights right. orgs who are the strongest getting in the way of discretionary of, of, of permitting reform because they mm-hmm. think the only way they can yeah. extract this, this tiny little payoff from the developer is, Actually. is, the, is the And that's,
1: we right? have to figure out off ramps for
2: Absolutely. I, I will, uh, I pioneered
0: a method at, to appeal permits for, to
1: protect tenants from <laughs> renovation <laughs> permits, not discretionary yeah. Okay. All right. I'll give so, that a <laughs> uh, I
0: do And I, I do realize, I do think that permits that potentially displace tenants <laughs> mm-hmm. should be appealed.
2: Yeah, we're, we're talking about, about 99% yeah. of permits. I'm talking about Larry Bob yeah, Don't displace it. I'm not talking about Bob Tillman's building yeah. apartments at a, at, a, yeah. at a laundromat.
1: But yeah. this is, I don't think, this is my personal opinion, when you have an appeals-based system right for protecting tenants mm-hmm. you're inherently talking about protecting tenants who are able to navigate a complicated system yeah. mm-hmm. and you're well, actually, not
0: actually not really because our tenants can't but we have well, we we representing them. we we can navigate the system
1: Right, but exactly. okay, so they have so to be connected.
0: And the vast majority of permits appeal to the Board of Appeals and don't have any risk of displacement. So it's, you could just take out right. that one category and eliminate the Board of Appeals for everything okay, else. But
1: my friend who's a barista, who's not politically connected, who doesn't know anything, right, gets a, you know, a little alert saying from their landlords... And the landlord actually... Evil genius, right? The landlord just pops in, says in person without anything in writing, Hey, um, you know, we're going to have to um, ask you to leave in a month. And so I just want to let you know that, you know, you're going to have to move. Well, that's illegal. It's Totally illegal. Yeah. But most of the time when that happens, the tenant you know doesn't know that, that it's illegal. a law passed in
0: 1986 that said that for any building of four units or more, to do any renovation, you have to post a notice of application.
1: Hmm. Right. Well, I don't you know think they're going to do anything. Because then our tenants yeah. would
0: come tell us about it, and then we'd put a notice in to be notified. But I'm saying. But, but I'm a, just saying, like, yeah, this system, yeah, right? Yeah. So
1: my friend, right, right. Ha- had started packing and just happened to tell me this story. And I was like, wait, what are you doing packing? And they were like, well, he said I have to leave. Is your friend a college graduate? Yeah.
0: Do you know why I asked that, I asked that question? Yeah. Our clients, which usually are not college graduates, low, good, very low-income people, Latinos, families, they would never pack up and move. They hear from their landlord, they contact us right away. The people who never assert their rights are like college graduates, who should know better. It's contrary to what you may yeah. think.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I mean, but people, making them a wage, you know. Because
0: maybe they feel they have more options or whatever, but it's always more educated people who don't assert their rights. It's like they they feel were guilty. moving
1: back in with their parents. It's like
0: they feel guilty asserting their rights, where our clients were like... We're going after you. We're fight. We, the one used to leave the city and bring membre petitions. I petitions. No, Tenderloin tenants—they complain about it. They're not happy.
1: They get to the—they they demand justice. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, so we've 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 wandered, which was wonderful. Um, Kate Tang, we are going to miss you terribly. Yeah, I really. But
2: yes. I I just,
1: just really too good for this world. I just want to reiterate, like. I,
2: I I think today when I saw Katie at Bre- Mayor Mayor like Elec- Breeds press conference was the most relaxed and happy I've ever seen her. <laughs> and you know when you're getting <laughs> one of his
0: I that. bet that Jeff She's probably really happy too. Oh god! Oh, yeah, man. I mean I mm-hmm. just I've seen it makes this, me sad. You, there was a, there was a a, a supervisor, and then he became Secretary of State. A guy named Kevin Shelley, who had, and then he had some issues in the Chief Secretary of State. And his father was the Mayor of San Francisco, John Shelley. Jack Shelley and I saw Kevin after he left political life and he had a stormy thing he had a scandal I said Kevin I have never seen you look happier <laughs> he said you know Randy I have never been happy yeah, you politics know, is just
2: chilling. Getting into politics is, is not a healthy
1: choice. I you know. Like, no, we're encouraging everyone who listens to this. Run for office. It's important. Yes. Get out there and canvass for your candidates. Like, don't, it, it's bad, but it's worth it.
2: Yes. Well, if you do it, you get to hang out with people like me and Laura and Randy.
1: And we drink a lot. <laughs> <sighs> Right. Um, so the next elections are going to be for November, uh, year, District year, 10, year District year. 2, and District 6 with Sonia. Um, and I think that we can confidently say that um, all of the serious candidates in all of those races at least say out loud, I'm not anti-housing, which well, is a just, big change. It,
0: it, it is. It, I will say that Mark Leno was claiming to build 5,000 affordable units a year. Not, yeah, any you know, funds. So I actually I didn't feel like oh it's really good he's saying that I felt like it's making a mockery. Of yeah, that was, was insulting. It was insulting. Yeah, yeah. 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 That you could just it's like I know people want to hear four thousand. I'll just get why five? Why, why did not you say ten? Why is that million? You know? <laughs> why is that million? Yeah. 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 I mean I
2: don't know how uh, how I mean you know it's 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 it's, it's so frustrating you know yes
1: but you know what I don't mind unrealistic goals because then you get to try and hold them accountable to them mm-hmm. um, I mean you know we had worked out the whole okay assuming Leno wins you know when mm-hmm. he misses all of the deadlines on creating those 5,000 units of affordable housing a year you know how do you create accountability speaking of deadlines you know, uh,
2: how has Sandra Lee you were found any of those sites? She's looking and she's ser- looking well, well, you know, can't. I want to
0: tell you, it's 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 absolutely scandalous that we've had, since district elections returned in 2000, we've had clearly a self-identified progressive supervisors in District 1 consecutively for 18 years, and we never get any affordable housing. Before. No, they're literally it's, it's, yeah, It's disgraceful.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: this is what I'm saying about what we call progressive. It's such nonsense mm-hmm. that we call those people progressive. And... I know there were periods of time where there wasn't money, and it, but come on, eighteen no, years—it's no. no. like North Beach with the doesn't have any, There's no. There's no supportive housing in North Beach. No, right? and
1: it doesn't make any sense to me that I actually feel like Hillary Ronan, Supervisor Ronan, clearly actually wants affordable housing to be built. I think she does. And yet, she what she's doing is not in, Berlin, is not in not in Burtle. It, sure. it, it can be in the mission. mission. It can but be in so, mission. so instead of focusing on, she's trying to sort of say, why aren't we getting the housing built faster in the mission? But what she has more control over, if she was willing to, would be to say, what the heck are the other districts right. doing? You're, you're,
0: they, yeah. don't want, they don't want don't, to, They don't. They're, they're allies. Well, it's, it's the whole thing about. For what
1: like, reason? Friends like these. Who needs yeah, enemies? I,
0: well because there's something they want and like it's the it's the Esprit Park thing you know there's something here we want her district and Norman votes with them on Prop D and N and F you know It's a trade-off. They get Norman votes with these guys on a lot of things they want, so they give them a pass on not building affordable housing. And the crisis just
1: churns on.
2: Yeah, Aaron's a really good... I live in North Beach. It's a really good example. And and this is a great organization. You know, North Beach Citizens is this amazing organization. Yeah. They take homeless people... Very small scale. But, well, no, this is the thing. They take homeless people who are in North Beach, get them ready to move into an SRO. Like, they are a big feeder to Mission Housing. And until we had this conversation, I hadn't really thought about the fact... That Aaron's made sure they were always funded, and literally what they're doing is <laughs> make, yes. taking them and giving them to us. And you know, look, I, hadn't thought I, about it. I, I realize that Aaron, Aaron has been, Aaron is pretty much
0: he wasn't in office consecutively since two thousand one, but he's been there a lot of the years, and he has succeeded in making sure. And he would say, "Oh, I'm all for, I want to have the Mav center," but the fact is, at some point, you have to look at the results. Right. And he really is a very effective guy. If he really wanted to make sure there was affordable nonprofit housing or subsidized housing for homeless people in North Beach, it would be there. Yeah, it mean, yeah. he needs
1: to be coordinated. Not China, not right? He gets to say, well, right.
2: three has so much yeah. more like yeah. housing. No. He's okay. been
1: very effective at preserving people's views. That he's yeah, been yeah. very and, effective and
0: at Laura, I think the reason that that he was so he was the most adamant against eight twenty seven is because it stopped. It limited his personal power oh, to mm, just stop things from right. getting built in his neighborhood
2: yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because the Central Subway was going to be cut right into it. And well, Columbus is a, tra- is a transit corridor. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Well, that's that's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's That Walgreens might
1: have to become housing. One Seven of the banks. Minutes.
2: Complete yeah. story building, a <laughs> terrible model for it. Well, 88 Broadway, you know, if, if that cookie cutter developer wasn't working uh, Banc- on Banc- it. Pancake for
0: I made this comment, I sent it at the Board of Supervisors about Aaron talking about trying to get rid of this mid market tax credit. I said, Aaron spends all this. He, he, the bourgeoisie of North Beach is considered some kind of bohemian thing that's overwhelmingly white in North Beach. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it is a bourgeoisie. Yeah. And yet somehow that's considered progressive. Right. Right. And yet, the folks who voted for London, District 10, aren't progressive. Right. So
2: Calvin Welch, the, yeah. right.
1: the Hate ashbury right. the Hippie dip right. central is literally the whitest neighborhood yes, in San Francisco.
2: The people who wrote the Eastern Neighborhoods Plan are not from the Eastern Neighborhoods. I always say that I think the most genius thing the New ever did was get it called the Eastern Neighborhoods Plan. Because like he gets to t- he's like, he, well, I'm like that name. You, no, no well, I always assume that anything diabolical that's happened in the last twenty years was him. But like <laughs> you know, it's the it's the southeastern neighborhoods plan, right? Like North Beach is on the eastern side and it isn't talked about at all, ever. Mm-hmm. You
1: know? Alright, well let's round it up. Um, anything else, any last thoughts? When the, uh, when you, when
0: you go my book uh, oh, gen- yeah, Generation Priced Out, which talks about the MB movement and many cities awesome. and has Laura in it and Sam's in it oh. and <laughs> i I think we'd still if you said of just the, Laura all the big <laughs> all the big Gippies in uh, uh, Victoria and East Bay and, and Seattle and, and everywhere and I'll tell you what's really the most, the most amazing thing is the consistency the generational divide the mm-hmm. way anyway. mm-hmm. these opponents these homeowner mm-hmm. groups they literally have the same signs <laughs> you know the only difference is change the word from Portland to Seattle and like I mean and the the hysteria in Austin Austin where they have giant minimum lots if there be any possible change like you know stop them from wrecking Austin right with an ADU God forbid an ADU is wrecking Austin there's a war there's a war going on in many cities right now against duplexes I mean we're not talking about 10 story buildings here
1: no, it is. Uh, it's so funny, also, because when we were getting started, I got so much terrible advice about not going to war with the homeowners. They were like, "What you should really do is focus on the mega projects mm-hmm. and leave those homeowners." Peter Cohen told I, me
2: that I was I was a traitor because I was a yimby that was going out and uh, ruining thirty five years of. Uh, and relationship, relationship with the homeowners on the west side I'm being oh, mean mm. I wish I had that in the book yeah
1: I know right I mean it's totally with friends like these who we the needs enemies so Ooh.
2: when does the, the book come out it'll be out in October great and uh looking forward, forward to it yeah. well maybe we should have a book release party oh definitely I'd hey. I like to I mean, the Tender Museum she could see enemies over there anyway that might be a good opportunity we'll, all we'll, right. we'll plan it cool
1: alright all awesome thank you all thank you thank you, you.